This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We're going to continue our series on speaking words that heal and not hurt. And the Bible tells us words have the power of life and death. And God's desire is for all of us to learn how to control our tongues so that our words bring life. So far in this series, we've looked at truth about lying. We've explored what we might call malignant talk. That's a using our tongues to spread gossip and slander. And I know we all experience a, I hope we're experiencing that that awareness, the the using our words so that we are speaking more truthfully and not involved in those things. And we're going to be looking at ego talking today. That has to do with speaking words of boasting, flattery, and exaggeration. I want to start with this story. It's about a man named Bubba, Bubba. Many years ago, he was bragging to his boss. He said, you know, I know everyone there is to know. Just name someone, anyone, and I know them. And one day, the boss got tired of the boasting. He called his bluff. He said, okay, Bubba, how about Tom Cruise? Do you know Tom Cruise? Bubba said, sure, I know Tom. He and I are old friends, and I can prove it. So Bubba and his boss flew out to Hollywood, and they they knocked on Tom Cruise's door. And sure enough, Tom Cruise shouts out, Bubba, great to see you. You and your friend, come on in. Join me for lunch. Now, Bubba's boss was impressed, but still skeptical. After they left Cruise's house, he suggested that Bubba's knowing Tom Cruise was just lucky. So he said, no, no, I really do know Everyone, just name anyone else. And his boss said, okay, what about President Trump? Of course I know President Trump. Let's fly to Washington so so I can prove it to you. When they arrived to the White House, they began a tour, and oh, Donald Trump spotted Bubba in the group and motioned him over and his boss to come over, and and he said, Bubba, what a surprise. I'm, I'm real busy, but not too busy to have a cup of coffee and catch up first. Now, Bubba's boss was amazed by this, but still not totally convinced. After leaving the White House, the boss again expressed his doubts that Bubba knew everyone. So again, he implored him to name anyone else. And he said, you know what? I know the Pope. And Bubba said, Folks, uh, uh, my folks are from po- uh, are from his area. I've known him for a long time, so they flew out to Rome. He and Bubba, and they they went and assembled with the masses at the Vatican Square. And Bubba said, "You know, this is never going to work. I can't catch the Pope's eye among all these people. I tell you what, I know the guards. Let me go upstairs, and I'll just come out on the balcony with the Pope." So Bubba disappeared into the crowd, headed toward the Vatican, and sure enough. Half an hour later, Bubba emerged with the Pope on the balcony. 
But by the time Bubba returned to his boss, he found out that his boss had fainted and was surrounded by paramedics. He asked his boss what happened, and his boss said, Well, I was feeling fine until you and the Pope came out on the balcony. And then this stranger in the crowd nearby shouted, Who's that on the balcony with Bubba? (laughs) Unlike Bubba, when most people boast and brag, they're really stretching the truth, aren't they? But even if we are boasting and bragging about, uh, is let's say it's true, it's still, these are not the kinds of words that should come from the mouth of a godly person. And we're going to discover today that words of boasting and flattery and exaggeration, these are not words that we should be speaking. Uh, it might be classified as ego talk. And ego is something that all of us have. It is part of uh, me uh, that is interested in me, is that inner drive to be recognized and satisfied. And it's one of the strongest driving forces in our beings. And it's no wonder that it shows up in our words. Now, ego, it's not all bad. It's part of the way God created it, uh, created us. And, and we can't really function, we can't really survive without an ego. It's designed to help us properly care for ourselves and our needs. And God does not want us to love ourselves. I'm sorry. He wants us to love ourselves and take care of ourselves. And that ego he gave us is designed to, to help move us toward that end. But like with everything, ego needs a control factor. It must not be allowed to roam uncontrolled. And scripture tells us that the proper control factor for our ego is having a new spirit in us. The ego is guided or should be guided by the spirit of Christ. That becomes a useful instrument in our in our lives. It, it leads us to care about ourselves and, and others. But when that ego is left unchecked, if we're not dying to self and living for Christ, it can get us into trouble. All kinds of sins of the tongue like boasting, flattery, and exaggeration. So let's look at a few things about this and see what the Bible tells us about each of these sins. First, I want us to talk about the boasting. It's a relatively popular social sport. Uh, otherwise, dull parties or conversations, you know, you know those, those things would, would die off. They're, they're, they thrive on the bigger and better boasts, right? Yeah, the boaster is that guy or gal who, who keeps the conversation circulating, circulating all around themselves and their accomplishments. And on the surface, it may seem like an innocent pastime. After all, what's that saying? If you got it, then flaunt it, right? And some people have come to realize that if we don't praise ourselves, no one else will. And unfortunately, the boaster fails to realize that boasting is both social and spiritual suicide. I want to show you why. Because even the most basic rules of relationships and communication dictate that we should talk about the interests of others and not focus solely on ourselves. Nobody enjoys spending time with someone who only talks about themselves. Here's what the Bible has to say about boasting. Psalm 94, verse 4. They pour forth words. They speak arrogantly. 
All who do wickedness vaunt themselves. Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 29 and 30, there uh, we have a list of characteristics of the ungodly, and we notice that that list includes the arrogant and boastful. 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And then Jude 16, these are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lust. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. So why shouldn't we be boasting and bragging? Well, first, because everything we are and everything we have uh, accomplished is because of God's blessing. Every bit of it. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 4, For who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? That's, that's us. Honestly, what do you have that you did not receive? Well, I created... Well, wait a minute. Did, you don't, let's go back to the basics. Did you, what about your life? Do you deserve that? Everything we have is from God. Everything. And certainly we have to study to, to work uh, and, uh, hard and, and work hard to accomplish what we have. But if God had not given us our abilities and our opportunities, then no amount of study or hard work would have gotten us anywhere. None. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, 10 through 18, God talks to the Israelites about that same thing when they go into the promised land about, don't forget, don't forget, when you build your houses and you plant your vineyards and you start to farm and all this abundance and you start making money, don't forget where this came from. Don't start thinking to yourself, hey, look what I've done. These are all blessings I gave you, he's telling them. Take a look at that passage. Another thing. We shouldn't boast because we have no control of the future. That's that Proverbs 27.1 passage about do not boast about tomorrow because you don't know what that day will bring forth. James also says in James 4.13-16 when he says, Come now you who say, today or tomorrow we will do such and such a city and a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor. That appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this and also that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. And it makes me think of uh, you know, the old wild, wild west when those guys would come in with the selling those cures and remedies that will take care of everything. And unfortunately, gullible people would buy that medicine and then that fellow would be gone, disappeared into the sunset. But that stuff wouldn't do anything for them at all. Those people were called braggarts back then. And the word translated here in James 4.16 literally means a wandering quack. A braggart boasts about things that they can't control and they promise more than they can deliver. That's boasting. And those of us who are wise and spiritual realize 
that we do not have ultimate control over what we can or cannot do. Because we know and believe that God is in control of our lives. We should say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. And that puts God in his proper place above us, the true governor of the affairs of life. And finally, we should not boast because it steals the credit from the one whom it is due. God. Give credit where it's due. It reflects a basic tenet of proper relationship and speech. And the primary reason for our existence should reflect God's glory. Ultimately, Moses was not allowed to lead God's people into the promised land because he had taken the honor that belonged to God alone. When he angrily said to the Israelites, Must we bring you water out of this rock? Remember that? And then he struck it. Wasn't supposed to do that. Wrong. And then what about King Herod in Acts 12.23 when he accepted the praise of men who proclaimed him as a god? And the Bible tells us immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. Anytime we are given praise or inclined to want to boast about ourselves and our accomplishments, we must immediately give the credit to who it is deserved, God. I couldn't do anything without God. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Psalm 34, 2. In God we have boasted all day long, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Psalm 44, 8. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 10, 17. Now, we are also familiar with the well-known saying, flattery will get you everywhere, right? There are few skills of the tongue that are more manipulative and more ego-serving than the skill of flattery. Its hypnotic power of the tongue to seduce and conquer is everywhere. It is the act of placing someone in debt to us by verbally commending some action virtue or aspect of their life, and the commendation may or may not be true. Flattery differs from genuine praise or compliment because of its motive. Because ultimately, flattery is a compliment shared to manipulate another for personal gain. That's the difference. So how is that used? Well, let me give you a few examples. A person may uh, use flattery to get attention from someone. If I tell you a what a great job you did, you know, in some sort of discussion. Maybe if I do that, you'll start paying more attention to me. If I compliment you, you will likely look at me and smile at me, thank me. I'm, I'm fishing for something, right? That's flattery. And some people are so starved for attention that they will use flattery to get it. Don't do that. A person might use flattery to get a compliment in return. You know, a few of us would be so forward as to ask someone to compliment our new clothes. But if we flatter other people about their attractive clothes, they will likely notice ours, right? So our real intent will was not in complimenting them, but to receive. Well, you know, maybe it would be like, I'm wearing this new suit, and I want people to recognize it, but I don't want to say, hey, you just see my new suit? Maybe if I'll compliment their clothes, I'll, I'll sh- shift my shoulders a little bit, and they'll notice my clothes, and they'll say something about it. That's flattery. You're fishing for something for personal gain. Uh, 
A person might use flattery to seduce someone into all kinds of schemes. If we want someone to buy something from us, we might say, I know you're smart enough to know a good deal when you see one. You know, things like that. A person might use flattery to gain favor and to put others in our debt. We might uh, think that if uh, we pour on the flattery, then others will have really good feelings about us. And then we, when we need something from them in the future, they'll be more inclined to give us what we want. You might be thinking right now, Chris, come on. There's nothing wrong with that. Proverbs 29.5 says this, A man who flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his steps. You get that? He's not the, the net. We always think of a trap that, oh, that's really bad. Well, he's spreading the net for in case I need something from you. I want to flatter this guy. One day I'm going to come to collect. That's what's going on. Jude talks about this in Jude 16. We already read this, but I'm going to read it again. These are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lust. They speak arrogantly, flattering people. Why? For the sake of gaining an advantage. Not good. Ultimately, flattery is a reflection of a selfish, destructive spirit. When we seek to control or use others for our benefit, then we begin to destroy them. Flattery corrupts both the receiver and the giver. Maybe you've seen that show, American Idol. Now, I've never seen the show, uh, the TV show, but I watched a few clips on TV, or uh, TV, on YouTube. And at the beginning of each season, they show the tryouts uh, of people, and I was amazed at the people who tried out for that show. They, they could not sing at all. Now, I don't sing very well, and so I don't, I'm not ju- trying to judge people, but I do have an ear. And I know uh, a really bad pe- singers when I hear it. And so it was sad to me to see people who were just shocked when they were cut from the show. I'm like, how, how could you be shocked? And they would often say that people had always told them they had an amazing singing ability. Really? You've got to be kidding. Who told you that? And that Simon uh, Colwell, Colwell, Sometimes a little harsh and rude to the contestants. He said this, and I like his work. He's right. Quote, The object of the competition is not to be mean to the losers, but to find a winner. The process makes you mean because you get frustrated. Kids turn up unrehearsed, singing out of tune. And you can either say, uh, good job, and patronize them, or you tell them the truth. Sometimes the truth is perceived as mean. The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love, and we should try to be as graceful as we can with the truth. But we also need to realize that pretty words are not always true, and true words are not always pretty, are they? Now, none of what I have said about flattery means that we should never give a genuine genuine compliment or encourage or praise someone who is deserving of it or in need of it. The key to keep in mind here is the motivation. Why am I complimenting this person? If it is true 
and it is truly an act of love, encouragement, and support with no thought of personal gain, then it's a compliment and not flattery. And one of the things we might do that's to safeguard both the one giving the compliment and the one receiving it is to form the compliment in a way that gives glory to God. We might say, I am thankful the Lord has given you such a spirit of encouragement. Or, the Lord has given you a special ability to minister to me through your teaching. Thank you for that. Giving glory to God, even in our compliments, goes a long way to take the flattery factor out of our words. Let's move on to the third one. Exaggeration. Um, Some people might say, I don't exaggerate, I just stretch the truth. Hmm. Exaggeration is nothing more than lying about details to make the information more sensational, interesting, or manipulative. Fishermen do it. Politicians do it. Preachers do it. No one is exempt from this ego-serving tendency of the tongue. Why do we do it? Why do we exaggerate? Well, we might do this to catch people's attention. Maybe we're telling a story and we realize, oh, we're losing the person's interest, so we start adding a little pizzazz, right? Try to recapture their attention. The lightweight pickup truck that was barreling down the road at you is now a 20-ton dump truck full of gravel, and the rainstorm becomes the worst monsoon in history, right? Might do that. That's exaggeration. We might exaggerate to manipulate someone into doing what we want them to do. Rather than just feeling a little under the weather, we may say, like, I'm on death's doorstep, so that we don't have to go to school or we can get out of a commitment that we made. Rather than admitting that something is just a minor inconvenience, we make it sound like it's the end of the world. We might exaggerate to feel better about ourselves and to make others feel better about us as well. You know, the largemouth bass was three pounds, ends up telling people that it was at least three pounds, leaving the impression it could have been more. The businessman who makes $50,000 sell tells his friend that he made it sell somewhere under a hundred grand. We might exaggerate to win an argument. Uh, you might, we might say, you always interrupt me, or you never do what, uh, uh, what I ask you to do. Always and never are usually not the truth, but they are more sensational. They're more manipulative. Carpenters have the uh, have had the experience of cutting a board too short, and they may joke by saying, we need a wood stretcher, right? Does wood stretch? No, and if you try to, it just shatters. People think truth is like silly putty, and it can be stretched to their own purposes, but that's it doesn't. Stretching truth destroys it. Exaggeration is just another form of lying. And it's a violation of God's will. Now, I want to emphasize the fact that ego talk, boasting, flattery, you know, exaggeration, these are words that bring death, not life. And the person who is prone to these things will find that those things damage their relationship with God and with others. In the end, the person who is prone to these things will not be taken seriously. Their words will be taken, as we say, with a grain of salt. 
And like all of our lessons, we, we look out there in the world, but we see this everywhere. It's all over the place. It never ends. It, it always makes me laugh when I'm looking for another restaurant or walking around somewhere, you know, the greatest hamburger ever made or um, world there's this place I like to go, George. It, the title of the, the restaurant is George's Famous Heroes. It's a little place over there at the 101 and I-17 uh, Greek store. And I love the hero sandwiches they have there, and they're really good. Are they really famous? Everyone I've talked to have never heard of the place. Only a few people who live near it. Is it really famous? Well, no. That's an exaggeration. World's best cup of coffee. No, it's not. All these little things. But it's so ingrained in our society. We just use it all the time. That's stretching truth. It's a form of lying. We should not do it. A godly person needs to control their tongue and not do these things. Or boast. We need to be careful with our boasting and our flattery. We shouldn't be flattering at all. The motive should be simply to tell truths and not use it for any kind of personal gain. Well, I want to go ahead and close things out. Thank you for being here with me. I want to encourage you, again, to go to our website, www.nvcoc.net. Scroll way down past the YouTube videos. Click on the radio mic. You'll find this show, all the previous shows. And if you scroll back up on that site, you'll those YouTube channels, so the very top ones, the live for a live video on Sunday morning, we do our services. But if you click on the links, it'll take you to the recorded ones we've done in the past. You can watch them there. I, I've done these on Sunday morning. You'll find the lessons there if you're if you are so inclined. But I encourage you to, to, to take a look at that and come join us when things open back up. We are open on Sunday morning at ten thirty for worship. Come join us, and uh, we'd love to have you here at the North Valley Congregation. Well, thank you, and have a blessed day. Sending up to sweep away till shut on the better day. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.